There goes Jen and her, her uh, sound effects again. Don't start the party until <laughs> it's, it's fine. Like it, so education is power. No, but that like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. That he looks like a... I live ridiculously close to Target. I just need to go to Target. Okay, anyways, out of Target, back into the podcast. Um, Here we go. (laughs) Don't worry about our relationship, uh, listeners. Elise and I are seeing a therapist. Pushing it, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, well, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. Hey, Jen. Hey, Elise. I've got the power. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, dun, you are good. Dun, oh. Dun, dun, dun. I love that song. Do you remember dancing to that song? Oh, yeah. I don't, oh. I don't know what the moves were. Oh, I bet you had the moves oh. all over. Never had the moves. Jen's got the power. <laughs> I mean, I might have had the power, but not the moves to go along with the power. When you have the power, you always have the moves. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. All righty. <laughs> So um, I'm not just singing that song because I'm doing a little 90s flashback, but because today we want to talk about finding your power in labor. Your power. My power. I've got the power. We want to give you the power in labor. So we first. We want you to find it. I think we're going to talk a little bit about what does finding your power, what is power in labor actually mean? And for a lot of us, that means a lot of different things, right? Yeah. We want you to feel powerful. Like a superhero. Oh, like a cape. Like you could wear a cape with some wristbands. I, I kind of like the <laughs> idea of Elastigirl, flexibility and labor. I do love Elastigirl. <laughs> I do. I love Elastigirl. And some people want to be like a birthing goddess and they imagine their glowing vaginas and their Ooh. crystals and, yeah. you know. And it's kind of a pond that they're oh, sitting by. A pond. A pond. Oh, wait, that's gross. A moving brook. A brook. A brook. I a imagine a forest. Brook. But, you know, the forest. only crystals I have are from Target. So yeah. I don't so know much don't, about that. You don't but I do love that. Target. I could probably birth in Target. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally birth in Target. <laughs> so other people, I imagine, would think of their power um, being in a hospital surrounded by healthcare professionals such as nurses and an OB. And maybe there are some Christmas lights hanging on the wall behind them to make mood lighting. You love the twinkle lights. I, I love the twinkle lights. And so that makes them feel powerful. Yep. Other uh, folks, they need some of that comedy. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking the recorded comedy with, like, lots of swear words and it. Oh, like bringing in some movies? No. I'm thinking comedy, like, the comedians. Oh, yeah. Who are doing, like, what do you call like those? Like stand-up? A show. Yeah, stand-up <laughs> comedy. What do you call that? Like a show? Like a stand-up comedy show? Yeah. On audio? Oh, like bringing some things in to laugh at? Yeah, exactly. Because that's, I've been at that birth. Where it was like the baby gets bored into like beepity beep story. Beepity beep. 
More words, talking, laughter. There goes Jen and her, her uh, sound effects again. <laughs> the BPD beeps were bad words, not right. not, not singing or anything. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's how that woman found her power was listening to the recorded stand-up comedy. There's there's what I'm talking about. And there's also finding your power in feeling glamorous too. Oh yes. There's certainly the bringing in yes. some lotion or having there are hospitals where you can get your makeup done you can have somebody come in and do your makeup and your hair and feeling beautiful and glamorous and you can have a friend paint your toes if that is your jam yep you're gonna jam together ew gross um i think elise you're gonna tell us a little bit more about that later about getting dressed for your birth and what that might feel like gearing up gearing up wearing the outfit putting on the uniform Let's talk about it. Yeah. So today, we're going to talk about how to find your power. Yeah. Are you going to sing anymore? I don't know. I could well, bring in... Is there another powerful song? Um, we'll have to think about it. But yeah, I, I we'll circle get back 90, to that. 90s jam. I think what we're, what we're trying to kind of highlight here with this banter is that finding your power is actually going to look really different for everybody. And we want to give you some different on the... On the spectrum of powerful feelings, how you can get some ideas for bringing in your power. Because we're all humans and we're all very different, right? What works for me doesn't work for somebody else. And I respect that. I actually like that. I like watching people find their power in different ways. And to be honest, sometimes I'm really impacted by it because... I sometimes think finding power means being quiet and like meditative or whatever. And I find that some people are like, nope, I need to laugh and I need to be um, moving around or I needed to be vocal or all of those things actually really bring power to. So there's lots of different ways to find power. And sometimes it even changes, right? Whether that be outside in of the birth, like when you're having a baby or within a birth where what's working for you at one point might not even be working for you at another point. And that, that's really my favorite part of birth is when somebody finds that power in them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's why I do it. Yeah. I I think that's, that's what draws me to birth. Yeah. So I think one of the first things, um, when we think about finding your power in your birth would be, where do you want to have this baby? Where would be a place that you would feel powerful and comfortable in birthing a baby? Mm, So there's some options and those options kind of change depending on where you live. Yep. But there's really three. Well, unless you want to count Target. Oh, <laughs> let's leave Target out of the equation. And the woods with Jen's pond or brook. Oh, my god! But we'll leave um, unconventional locations out of this. Yeah. Although, really, Target's got some pretty good places. You birth. get that, like, nice, comfortable chair in, there... like, the nursery section. Oh, that, that would was... be a great postpartum area. And yeah. then there's, like, the beds. They're... <laughs> Okay, we'll leave yeah. Target out of this. Leave Target. I can do all things in life better at Target. Anyways, <laughs> we could tell that uh, <laughs> Elise is not a high, a highfalutin shopper. She's like a. I just need to go to Target. Give after me Target. This, after this recording, I'm going to Target. This is not Nordstrom's. People. <laughs> I just need to go to Target. This is Target. <laughs> I live ridiculously close to Target. I just need to go to Target. Okay, anyways, out of Target, back into the podcast. Um, Here we go. So where are the places besides Target I can have a baby? You can have a baby in the hospital. 
Okay. Um, sometimes they call the labor and delivery area of the hospital a birthing center. Yep. Um, sometimes that's the same as the labor and delivery area, and sometimes it's a little bit different. Yep. So you can check that out. That varies um, hospital to hospital and location to location. Um, sometimes there are freestanding uh, birthing centers yep. um, that do not have uh, nurses or doctors in them. And, of course, there is home. Oh, just bring more information. Um, you bring your own midwife oh, yes, to yes. that freestanding birth center. You just don't go there and have a baby all by yourself <laughs> in this right. pretty area. Just but like at home, too. Essentially, that place looks similar to, like, a uh, hotel. So it's kind of breakfasty kind yeah. of feel to it. Yeah. It's got all the things to keep you and baby safe in um, birthing um, with the midwife who um, would bring you there. And it just feels a little less medical and it's not in your house. Yeah. So, yeah. So those are kind of the three places that the majority of folks in America are having babies. Um, it varies also by country because I know that we have some lif- listeners. And we'll shout out to those who are not living in America. I know we can see you on a map. Uh, we see you not living in the U.S. So the reason we're talking about birth location here is that um, we want you to feel powerful in the place that um, resonates with you in the type of care you're receiving. So, um As doulas, um, we sometimes have people who um, interview and hire us early in their pregnancy. And they'll chat with us about, here's what I'm hoping for for my birth. And then they tell us where they're having their baby. And in a really gentle way, we will ask some reflective questions to them to kind of give them some information that they probably don't know. If you hope to have these type of interventions and this is your birth location then those two don't really match up and it could be quite a challenge to have the type of birth that you're looking to have in that location and so we will then kind of help them figure out would you like to look into a different location would that um, serve your needs a little bit better and sometimes they do and sometimes they're like well thanks for letting me know that now I feel more prepared to have a baby in that location. So we're also talking about a little bit of legwork on your behalf to figuring out this is the type of birth I've always thought about having, but here's the location I'm thinking about having it. Before you get too far into pregnancy, um, think about whether or not those two things actually go together and then maybe think about switching to another type of care or birth location if those two things don't match up. Yeah. Because really, babies only come out when you feel safe, or they come out more easily, easily and yep. efficiently if you feel safe. And that um, actually, this has a lot to do with your power and finding your power in birth. Is if you're surrounded by people you feel really good about having at your birth, and that includes your care team. Absolutely. Um, before I was a doula, um, way back in the early 2000s, I was a midwifery student. And I was at a birth, and um, this was an out-of-hospital birth, and this particular mom was not totally solid about um, uh, having an out-of-hospital birth, but was kind of coaxed into doing it by somebody else Mm. and was always a little unsure about it. And uh, we were there with her, and things were not progressing, and... 
uh, she finally was like, okay, I think I want to transfer to the hospital. I think I'm ready to go. Let's do this. So we transferred in and she walked in the door of the hospital. And I don't know if it was the car ride or if it was chance or that she finally just felt really safe. But the entryway of the hospital, she went from about three centimeters where she had been for most of her labor, which was a good number of hours, to complete and pushed out her baby in the entrance of the hospital. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. It was a very efficient birth. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, but having um, people in the room um, when you're planning to have a baby who you're okay with seeing your vagina, seeing your breasts, hearing your poop. Yep. Oh, yeah, your poop, too. Um, And hearing you make some potentially interesting sounds and being in a really vulnerable spot, right? So um, if that's your mom um, who is cool with all those things, great. If that's the mom who's like, I don't think you should even be having a baby in this location, probably not. Right. If that's a nervous person, probably shouldn't be around. Um, If that is a nervous partner, then maybe also consider having another person to help your partner feel uh, less nervous, right? Like a... Almost somebody to translate for them what's happening. Like, this is a really normal sound. This is a normal length of labor. Uh, Because we learn so much about birth through TV. Yeah. That I think a lot of people go into births uh, and expect labor to be about four hours. And generally, birth is not about four hours long. Right. Uh, So often I hear support people. Um, saying things like, why is this taking so long? Why isn't anybody doing anything to change this? Oh, yeah. I was at a birth recently where dad was um, a very nervous person and quite emotional and so such a beautiful person. Um, And he did a lot of pacing in the room. And um, I quite a few times would go up and, and put my hand on his back and say, hey, how about you go grab some air right now? Everything's really just fine here. Um, and while you're grabbing some air, could you get a snack? And then he texted me like 10 minutes later. He's like, is everything okay there? Oh. I'm like, everything is great. And he's like, I'm just going to go outside for a li- five more minutes. I'm like, that sounds excellent. And he came back in just um, a different space. And um, the birthing mom felt really supported because I was there and was like, great, I'm so glad he's going and taking those times. Um, And then when baby was born, he was sitting up towards mom's head in a chair, um, putting his hands in his face, um, you know, kind of just putting his head down and then looking up and patting his his partner's, um, you know, shoulder and holding her hand and then putting his face back down. So I feel like she found her power in the birth and felt connected to him all at the same time. And some of that was facilitated. And I'm not tooting my own horn here. I'm just talking about doulas in general or having another person that can help with um, a partner that feels really nervous because he really wanted to be there and he wasn't doing anything wrong by needing some extra support by somebody else there. Yeah, it's often the the partner's like two people that he or she loves the most in the world is having the baby, the the birthing person and the baby. Those yeah. are the 
the two people that the support person loves the most in the world. Are, and that's a, we don't often give that person a lot of credit no. for what they're experiencing. So they can't take away all the work that the birthing person is going through. And they can't do any of it. I mean, right. it's it's a lot. So, right. yeah. And finding that extra support person in the form of a doula or friend that could be there that um, would not have expectation either. Right. You know, my words to him was kept being, you're doing such a fantastic job and giving a bit of instruction about let's go take a break or it's time for you to drink this water that I just handed him, those types of things. But I wasn't being judgmental, right? I was allowing that person to do what they needed to do and not saying, hey, get over it. She's the one who's experiencing (laughs) all of this. Come on now, get up here. And I could have made little statements that would have unempowered him as well as his, his partner who's having the baby. And that, so finding that person that actually is going to be conducive with your desires and not just, um, a person. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm thinking too, you got to educate yourself. Um, education is power. Do, do, do. do you see the little, like, the more you know star going I across do. the screen? I do. I just saw it. The I more totally you did. know. Dun, dun. Is it? Dun, dun, dun. So definitely educating yourself with um, after school specials. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait. The, that would be probably more about, you know. Not um, getting pregnant as a teenager. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you already are pregnant. Yes. But wait, uh, let's let's highlight that just for a second. Education is power. Why is education power? Well, it helps you to make informed choices. And when you feel like you're making the choices, mm, you get to feel like you're in control of your birth. Uh, so uh, informed. Now I'm starting to sing, and that's just going to get ugly. Yeah. Informed choices informed choices more stars are flying across the sky now yeah informed choices so you actually know what things you can even make a choice about right um and and you don't have to know all the things ahead of time no 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 but i also think knowing the process right it's about fear because underneath um not knowing can be a place of fear like oh my gosh why is this happening and what's beeping and oh this isn't supposed to take this as long as it is or it must be bad if this happens and yeah all of that creates fear so what we're saying is you don't need to know all the different reasons for all the different medications and options and potential interventions or tools and Things that may be offered in the what-if scenarios, that is way too much to know. Right. But I think it's really important to know the difference between how long labor takes in real life versus TV life. Right. So know how long labor takes. Take a birth class. Know what, how far into labor you should be to before going to your place of birth if you're exactly. going to a birth location. Uh, know that there are stages of labor and that there is so much more than just dilation that needs to happen to your cervix. Uh, Know what's typical of a baby after birth and what's typical of a body after having a baby. Listen to our podcast. We're going to have, we have a lot of information about that already and there will be so much more. Um, Talk to your friends who have kids and um, read some great books. 
Uh, Potentially also um, look at the internet. The internet is a really, really... Did you just say talk to Dr. Google? Broad, broad resources there, some of which are going to resonate with you and others that aren't, and also have bad information and some really good information. So look for some reliable sources for information, and I would say don't just get your information from one source. Lots and lots of sources. If you read a book that has one philosophy about labor and your labor goes differently than that, you are going to potentially feel like a failure. But if you've read a couple of different different books um, giving different philosophies slash information, then you'll probably feel much more empowered to make decisions. Um, Because remember that life doesn't look like a book, right? You get to um, make decisions along the way that work for you and your personality and all that good stuff. So educate yourselves, my friends. Be um, an educated consumer. Figure out how to ask questions. You know, engage with your provider. Go into your provider with a list of, hey, I've been thinking about this. Can you help me um, either answer this question or por- point me towards a resource that would be helpful for me to read? Um, so, yeah. Love it. Okay, let's jump ahead. Labor is happening. The big day has come. How are you going to feel like a badass in labor? Well, I'm thinking you might have considered writing a birth plan. Oh! There we go. idea. So you might bring that birth plan with you. Yes! I Um, love that plan, having a birth plan. (laughs) Or something we call it is a birth wish list. Why is that? Ooh, birth wish list. Because going back to Elastigirl, Uh um, (laughs) flexibility is required when we go into a life event like labor. Potentially also in other times in our lives, like maybe planning a wedding. And you wanted that beautiful outdoor wedding in the middle of (laughs) summer. But unfortunately, the rainstorm came. And now you need plan B. So you went ahead planning all along for this beautiful day that's going to be in the gorgeous sunshine. And then the weather reports for the week are lots and lots of rain. So, But unlike the weather, your labor is 50% dictated by a tiny little human being. Ah. (laughs) So we're going back to the, there are two people involved in labor, not just one, the birthing person. Gotcha. All right. But I mean, you do have a little say over how that tiny little human being navigates your pelvis. You get to help them, but you are not in charge of them, which is certainly something I've learned as a parent. Absolutely. We get to guide them, but we are... uh, We don't get to direct them. We don't get to control them completely. (laughs) If only. (laughs) So writing a birth wish list, a.k.a. a birth plan, um, we suggest one page, my friends. One page. Oh my gosh. Don't show up with 20 pages. Ain't nobody going to read that. No. (laughs) So bullet points are your friends. Top paragraph, hi, my name is, and my partner's name is, and we're so grateful for the care that you're going to give us. We're intending for a blah, blah, blah birth and (laughs) desire X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, And keep it short and sweet. And um, one page. Yeah. All the important things. Um, But if you live in an area where 
um, they're into, you know, dimming lights and letting you listen to music, you don't need to put that on your birth plan. If they have music in the room, like a stereo in the room or a phone dock, or they tell you in the tour that you can bring your phone and hook it up to a speaker, you don't need to write that in the plan. They don't care. They're not going to tell you to turn it off. Right. Yep. Right. So we can um, point you towards some reliable, or not reliable, helpful resources in um, making up a birth wish list. So we also see writing a birth list just the act of it is bringing power, right? Because you're taking the time to actually think about what do you want Yeah. And then talking to your birth team about that, maybe bringing it into a prenatal appointment with your provider and showing them and saying, here's what I'm kind of thinking. What do you, do you have any feedback for me? Sharing it with your doula, sharing it with um, another partner. You're talking to your partner about it as you guys write it. Because maybe maybe you have different ideas or maybe you have the same, but like, what are your plans after this baby's born? Talk yeah. about what that first hour looks like. We call it the golden hour um, because that's a really special hour for your baby to do skin to skin with the per- person who just birthed the baby. Yeah. Um, not a great time to have tons of visitors in the room. So that might start a good conversation about having family come and visit you right after the baby's born. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that might uh, spark a little conversation with some friends and family who want to come and visit. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe even consider writing it before your last few weeks of your pregnancy so that you can bring it to your provider, especially if you're a little unsure if your provider is the perfect provider for you. Because if you bring it to your provider and he or she is like, um, no, we can't do any of that. It might be a big red flag that it is not a good fit for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about the conversations then that don't have to happen in an emotional time. Um, If you've already kind of discussed with your partner what your hopes are for the birth, um, of course, remaining flexible and putting out, here's what my desires are and moving towards that. So... Yeah. Another thing I think of too, um, even before birth um, and in that last kind of trimester, I'm thinking about dealing with stuff, dealing with not feeling powerful, right? Yeah. Uh, pregnancy tends to bring up um, some issues from the past because yep. you're thinking about becoming a mom. If um, your relationship with your mom um, maybe was rocky, Um, over the years or even currently it often kind of um, brings up some of it stirs the pot of emotions Um, you start to think about what you want to be as a parent which can stir up emotions for what you maybe lacked from your own parenting Um, sorry the way you were parented as a child Um, maybe it stirs up some stuff in your relationship with your partner as you guys look at the transition of your life is going to be different and there's going to be need to be compromises made and things are going to change in the way your house runs. Um, So we think about maybe reaching out for some professional help um, in the form of some visits with a therapist um, and really working that through with a professional who can help to guide you. We also suggest that as well for those who um, maybe have a history of um, mood disorder um, or anxiety or, um, those who have experienced, um, being a survivor of sexual abuse, that, um, they meet with a professional kind of to discuss and make plans, 
um, for how they might feel safe and powerful in labor. And I think it's also great to have that established relationship with a therapist so that in the postpartum period, if you're needing to check in with a professional, you don't have to start new in creating that relationship. It's already somewhat established. Don't try to figure that out while you have a newborn and you're not feeling fantastic. But if you're also not feeling like, gosh, I don't think I need a professional, but hey, I have identified some fears. I got some fears. So one thing I've found um, people say is helpful is to write a list of, for instance, all those fears or um, the things that they are nervous about happening or things of that nature, right? And um And with that um, piece of paper that they've listed all those things on, they can either um, go uh, outside to a safe place, right? Let's not burn the house down and (laughs) go ahead and burn it symbolically. Hey, here we go. I'm releasing these fears. Um, I've known people to flush it down the toilet. That totally works. Okay, but I'm going to challenge you, Jen, because I hear a lot of people talk about like birthing with Without any fear, oh, right? Like what's you, that about? you can't have any fear around birth going into into labor, and it kind of pisses me off actually. Because <laughs> I'm like, wait, I can't remember the last time I've ever done anything hard in my life without any fear or you know anything at all. Sometimes I even get a little afraid of doing the laundry just because, you know, I shrink <laughs> things. Because the mountain that it is in your Right? Basement. It's a lot. My basement's gonna, a little bit scary. I'm going to climb that mountain <laughs> of laundry. I'm probably going to shrink things, you know. Yeah. It's all from Target anyway, so it's probably going to... It's going to shrink because it's from Target. It's from Target. Just <laughs> kidding. Uh, so, you know... There, it's totally okay to have fear around yeah. birth and do it anyways. Like, you can be afraid of birth and be a badass and birth your baby anyways. Ooh. You can birth in spite of your fear. It's a new bumper sticker. Birth in spite of your fear. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag birth in spite of your fear. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you that. You can look for that one on our Instagram. Yeah, right? <laughs> Oh, it's happening. (laughs) Um, I totally agree with that because I don't think it's um, trying to get rid of fear, but it's actually identifying and um, engaging with fear. And I know that's a very subtle difference, but I think it's a powerful difference because we're humans, right? And for us to say, no, I have no fear about having a baby or transitioning into this new life, I think you're in denial, right? Yeah. You're going to have a human come and live in your house Forever. That's a big I mean, well, hopefully deal. not forever. Well, but yeah. you can tell they're an adult. You got that 40-year-old still living with you. <laughs> I don't. Let's just clarify. I do not. <laughs> oh, wait. I didn't mean you. <laughs> You're not even 40. You can't have a child that's 40. <laughs> That'd be so weird. <laughs> um, yeah. So fear's okay. I think that's what we're trying to say is fear is okay and you can engage with it. Absolutely. Okay, so now you are in labor. Now you can have a baby. So you brought your birth plan. <laughs> I was just trying to rush to labor, like I know. everybody. Which is <laughs> which is the the deal. Okay, so let's talk about that. You suddenly realize suddenly da da da. Um, so you realize that these cramps are not cramps anymore. Ooh. They are in fact labor and 
like I've been through the last, you know, 15 minutes of this podcast, excited to get into the labor. Elise is like chomping at the bit. Get me to the labor. And I'm like, no, wait, we first, we first need to make a birth plan. Yep. You need to deal with your fear. And Elisa's (laughs) like, get out of my way. Let's do labor. Let's do labor. Uh -uh. You might be feeling the same exact way. You might be like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I want to meet my baby. Let's do this. And let's drive over all the speed bumps and jump on the trampoline. Okay, first don't do any of that. And then you're going to remember Jen saying what I'm about to say right now. Don't start the party until it's time for the party. Oh, good. I like that. Okay. I was like, am I answering that? Or I, you? I wasn't sure where we were going. So don't, it, was, it was a really big pause. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to end that. No, it's okay. So let's say it one more time. Don't start the party until it's time for birth. For birth. Or for what were you thinking? The party. For the party, that's true. Okay. Don't start the party (laughs) until it's time for the party, which in this case is birth. So we give the example of, woohoo, I'm going to Disneyland tomorrow. Yay, I can't wait. Oh, man, I can't sleep tonight because I am just so excited about going to Disneyland tonight. And then the night feels like forever, right? Because you're so excited about going to Disneyland tomorrow. Same True thing story. maybe for... happened in my house. Yes. So now it feels like you're never going to get to there because it's so long to wait. And then you get to Disneyland and you're exhausted because you didn't sleep last night. Same, same with the birth. All right? We don't want you to be all excited about, woohoo, these cramps are starting and in, uh, turn into contractions. And so you go start running a mile up and down your hills in your neighborhood and doing all sorts of crazy things. Or you get lots of adrenaline going and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. Is how long is it going to last? What's going to happen? We don't want you doing any of that because the hormones involved with that adrenaline are not conducive to helping um, a cervix relax and open and for your body to get into this process of labor. Because remember, adrenaline is fight or flight, which makes you want to like punch people and run out of the room. That is not the way you get into labor, right? You don't punch people and run out of the room in labor. You you want the love hormone, oxytocin. Oxytocin, which helps change the cervix. Right. So if you're wondering some great ways to change your cervix and you're wondering about all the ways that you could... Um, that your cervix needs to change and more information about that, go back and listen to an earlier podcast that we have uh, in the show. It's uh, What Your Friends Did Not Tell You About Pregnancy. And we'll talk about a pear and how your cervix is a lot like a ripe pear. So check that out. We won't repeat it um, uh, during this episode, but check that out. We'll we'll tell you all about it. So we don't want you starting the party till it's time because we want you to relax into um, what's happening within your body. Tune into that um, and not um, get yourself all adrenaline filled. Um, So don't start the party till it's time. Um, And along with that is conserving your energy. So um, don't get up and be doing lots of things right at the beginning, right? Take a nap. Yeah. So good good thoughts here are uh, go take a nap. Um, yeah. If you're starting to feel those contractions coming a bit stronger, uh, eat some food and drink some hydrating type liquid. Oh, which is something that may make you feel strong throughout your entire labor. Oh, yeah. Is to eat and drink. Ooh. Even if you don't want to. Oh. Oh. Deep thoughts. How does that make you feel stronger if you don't want to? Well, 
you know, if I don't eat, not only am I mean and nasty, which doesn't ultimately make me feel great. Yeah. It doesn't make me feel strong when I'm awful and I'm hangry. Yeah. But I get a little weak and shaky. True. If I'm weak and shaky, I am not feeling strong and powerful like I could take on the world. So true, Elise. Right? Do you? Like, how no, do you feel? I love if you're that. low blood sugar, you're all like, ooh. Yeah. You get a headache. Ooh. It's not good. So then that actually isn't so much about labor as it is about low blood sugar and you're working hard. And I, now you don't feel powerful because you haven't eaten anything. Right. Yeah. Don't go there. Eat. And remember, we've said this before. It's okay to throw up. It is. It's totally great. In fact, sometimes people at births were like, whoop, there went another centimeter. Because when you throw up, sometimes it, you're also pushing down a little bit. Put a yeah. little pressure on your cervix. Making a little change. We can't promise that's happening, but we get a little excited. Yeah. Yeah. So don't don't be afraid to throw up. Okay. So eat and drink, even if you don't want to. Yeah. Yep. And I think we might even do a little pro tip field trip on Instagram this week. Okay. Showing you some good snacks to eat during labor. Cool. Like uh, it. So check that out. If you don't follow us on Instagram, do. Okay. We're just pushing a podcast on Instagram. You can watch some little videos of us. All right. Um, okay, so what else to stay strong? You know, at first I felt kind of shallow about this when I was having my mm. first. I was a little embarrassed to admit this to people, but I was really thinking about what to wear. Ooh. And now I hear it all the time. People are like, what are you birthing? Uh-huh. You know, a lot of people don't want to wear hospital gowns. Mm. You know, a lot of people wear those gowns when they're sick. Yeah, true. You know, but for me, it wasn't about, like, what do I wear so that I'm not wearing a hospital gown? It was more, what do I wear so I feel strong? Oh, I like that. And for me, I actually, I got up. I had, I started labor during the day. So I woke up in the morning to some contractions. I took a shower and I put on makeup, which mm. some people may be like, you put on makeup for labor? And I did. And I did my hair. And I put on something that I felt really great in. And I was like, yeah. okay, I feel good and I feel ready to go. Ooh. Because for me, if I don't do those things, that's what I do when I'm, like, cleaning my house or I'm sick or I'm having a lazy day. Low energy. Yeah. It's not what I do when I'm like, all right, let's go, like, conquer the world today. Yeah. So your mindset is different. Absolutely. For you, when you get up and look maybe what your normal, I'm going and doing my day versus, hey, I'm just going to kind of be doing stuff in the house or having a lazy day at home. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did. That might not be the same for you, but find what that is for you. Yeah. What makes you feel powerful and strong. So um, thinking about what to wear that could make you feel powerful and strong, um, lovely little outfits on the Amazon or on the Etsy. Yeah, lots of internet stuff for laboring. Yeah, so some folks are thinking, I'm probably going to have an epidural. And we know that when you have an epidural, you're going to need to have um, IV fluids. Yeah, back access too. Yep, and back access. So you're going to have probably wearing a um, a t-shirt or something with sleeves is not going to be your best um, <laughs> outfit to wear because you're going to have all these cords that are then connected. So if you look on either Amazon or Etsy or maybe even your local store, um, they're going to have outfits with like, or like a, I don't know, what do you call it? A dress, a gown, a something that have little snaps on yeah, the shoulders. Yeah, they look like hospital gowns, but they're 
cuter. Cuter. Yeah, let's be honest. They're way cuter. They are. Yeah. Um, I birthed babies, uh, two of them, in t-shirts. Um, and first one, I was in a hospital gown. But um, I felt kind of good about being in my t-shirt because um, it's funny because I didn't plan it that way. But in retrospect, I look back and go, I think that actually just made me feel more normal. Like, here yeah. I am. I'm in my t-shirt and I'm doing my thing. Uh-oh. Uh, normalize. We didn't normalize this whole podcast. We have not normalized anything. Okay, we need to stop for a moment and normalize the shit out of finding your power. Ooh. Normalize. Normalize. What are we drinking, Jen? Um, I am going with um, some Sprite. Sprite. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I have some acid reflux today. Sprite can help that out. And I Maybe feel like ginger Sprite ale. would be. No, I don't like ginger ale. You don't like ginger no, ale. No, it's weird. Ginger ale. Ew. Do you like ginger beer? Yes. Oh, let's let's normalize with ginger beer because ginger beer is non-alcoholic. For those who have never yes. had ginger beer before, it is not alcoholic. Let's normalize with shots of ginger beer. Woohoo! Here we go. Here we go. We're drinking ginger beer. I mean, we're not really, but yay. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm rather parched. I really should have brought some ginger beer. (laughs) All right. So, look, um, you might actually consider what you're wearing and what you're looking like to find your power in the birthing setting here. Um, So, let's see. We talked about what to wear. We talked about, um, ooh, let's talk about how everybody feels tired in labor. Oh. There's another something to normalize right there. Shot back of ginger beer. Okay, grab your ginger beer. We're taking another shot because we, we are normalizing feeling tired in labor. Woohoo! Cheers. <laughs> so everybody feels tired, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Let's just take a moment to pause for... Are you tired? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Let's take a moment and remember the last time in life that we all weren't tired. Oh. Well, oh. Oh, that was a long time ago. Oh, wait, I don't know. I just had a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I have small kids that I vacation with, so yes. I'm even tired on vacation. So you're always tired. Yeah, okay. Always tired. So, okay, but what I was going to say is let's try to remember the last time you were out of birth or when somebody didn't say they were tired. Mm. But the last oh. birth that you went to was in the in like a like during the day? normal awake time hours. Oh no! Oh yes, and she was tired. The last two births I have been at. Sorry, Elise. Um, I know I go to all the <laughs> middle of the night long births, and Jen just whisks on in and goes. Sorry to the about that. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking the last two births, which actually were during the day. Three. I just like to mention the last. Three births that you went to were all daytime births, and my last three births were overnight births. (laughs) I I think we'll have to see some this last month. Don't worry about a relationship, uh, listeners. Elise and I are seeing a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Or just drinking a lot of ginger beer, but we might have to switch to the alcoholic kind. Um, I heard from all of those day birthing folks that they were tired yeah. or even looking at me and saying, I don't know if I can do this. Oh, okay. so this actually might be why I'm always tired and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Back to the clients. Um, yeah. Back to the real people and not you. <laughs> Turning from Elise's problems. <laughs> 
Um, so being tired in labor is really, really normal. Oh, it is. And yeah, my so they fa- all said they were tired. Yeah. And they all said they didn't know if they could do it. And my response is, you have the energy to do this. And you know what else I also hear is, I don't know that I'm going to have enough energy to push out my oh, yeah. baby. Yeah. Every time. Hands oh, yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's often, as a, a doula, why, um, when appropriate, I am encouraging hydration and food. Oh, it's true. For folks. Because they that provides a sense of power and energy or energy in the form of power um, <laughs> for people. and um, power from energy. And I think it's actually digging deep. It's not only just digging deep, but pushing is a different phase, right? Yeah. We have more ener- energy because our adrenaline is, in a good way, kicking in during that time. And we might be walking slowly, exhausted down the street, but then a car comes and suddenly we are racing like Dash from mid- Oh, God. <laughs> I can't do it anymore, Jen. I'm too tired. Did, did Dash, Dash from... Um, yes. Yes. Are we all getting that reference here? Dash. Anyway, um, so you... I'm too tired for <laughs> so you... any more Incredibles references, Jen. <laughs> so you dash across the street because your body wants to keep you safe and wants to do what's best for you in that moment. Same, same when it comes to labor. You're going to have the energy to do it because that's what adrenaline is for. It's true. And and you get adrenaline when you push. It is the only time during labor that we want to have exactly adrenaline. And your baby gets a little bit of that adrenaline too, which is so awesome. Um, because it helps your baby get that adrenaline to help with breathing when they're born. Excellent. What a fantastic little design there. Look at so that. Magical. You guys trust us. Elise and I have been to literally hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of births. Maybe each. just this month in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> For Elise, that's true. Um, <laughs> and we see that people have the energy. Now, we don't tell people in labor, oh, no, 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 conserve your energy, conserve your energy. The only time we say things like that is in early labor. It's true. Then we're like, no, please take a nap. Please sit down. Don't be doing those stairs all the time. So, yeah. Rest. Yeah. Uh, Active labor, we're like, do those squats. You're okay. Lunge. Yes. Do the thing. Sway. Foot on the stool. Back and forth. Yeah. Yep, it's true. Especially me. Yeah. Um, And part of that is that you have endorphins that make you Mm. feel really sleepy. So then you can go... Oh, and have a contraction, and then it stops, and you're like, oh, and then you wake up, eyes are open, you can't see that on me, and then you're like, oh, all over again. Take it low, Elise. Thank you. Sorry, yeah. (laughs) That was a little high. That was a little too high. Way to deal with me through that, Jen. Yeah, Yeah. you're welcome. Yeah, Uh, You make uh, a very good point here, is that finding your power sometimes involves making strong sounds. It's true. And you know what doesn't feel really strong? Oh, that feels a bit panicky. I feel like a scared puppy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That's panicky. That's scared. Shaking. You you could probably... Jen could see it on my face. I looked really frightened. She looked like a scared puppy. Yeah. Or like one of her daughters. You kind of (gasps) did. My daughters don't look like puppies. No, but that like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That you looked like a... 
when yeah, your kids are like, like you don't want to look like a little child or you want to look strong and feel strong feel. and powerful. It's not about looking. No. So, um, uh, personal story. Do we have time for a personal story? Oh, we've so always got time for a personal story. I'm thinking story, about um, before I really knew too much about birth, and that means I'd already had a kid and still didn't know that much about birth, and being like, oh, I don't know if I heard it in like. Uh, movies or media sort of thing of like oh that woman who's making all that sounds I wouldn't be that person like strong is not making sounds that means you're being wimpy like just do this right so my experience in that and then baby number two rolls around and I had a different type of birth and found myself making these like very loud powerful sounding sounds and I almost felt like I had an out-of-body experience because of like wait where is that sound coming from? And I didn't actually, it took me for a second to go, oh, wait, that's me making that sound. And then having this battle in my brain going, wait, shut up, shut up, Jen. What are you doing? Ha, ah, you're wimping out here. You're making these big sounds. And then um, I think I just released myself to making the sounds and went with that and then just kind of had a baby. Um, so it's not until really I learned more about birth that I recognized that it's, it's, um, making sounds in labor is good for a couple of reasons. First of all, it gives you a mantra. It gives you something to go back to. Our bodies crave rhythm. Yes. Look at the seasons, right? We, um, we, things grow, things, um, you know, uh, get harvested, they die, whatever. We have the seasons. Whatever. Uh, whatever they do. Um, you know, <laughs> <Those things. laughs> in, in, we, tend to thrive as human beings when we do things like eat three meals a day, move our body, have a rhythm to life, um, and we tend to operate better, right? Because we can depend on something. It's the known in all the unknowns. Absolutely. And And labor is one big giant unknown, which is why we have birth plans and... Mm -mm. Things that we, like, that is why people read so much more about birth than any other topic. Mm, you so know, true. You don't read all this stuff when you start a new job, typically. Yeah. Or a hobby or something. Right. Else. Oh, yeah. So our bodies crave rhythm and ritual, and that's something that it, we need to focus on in labor is what is your rhythm and what is the ritual? So the rhythm might be I am, you know, tapping my hand against my leg. I better not do that right now because I'll ruin the podcast. It's too loud. Um, I might um, be, you know, moving my foot in a certain way. I might be squeezing a hand. Um, or I might be making a sound when a contraction starts and through that contraction. So my body feels comforted by you got your rhythm. And then when things start to go challenging in that contraction, if I focus more on doing that thing I've been doing than I do on the discomfort of the contraction, then uh, my brain feels confused in a good way. And I lean towards the side of my brain that is in the rhythm rather than the discomfort. So going back to that strong, powerful sound, it could be that your body is actually naturally wanting to make a sound. And when we make low sounds, it sends energy down and helps our cervix open. Would you like to help us with that sound now, Elise? 
So can we do a ridiculous little exercise? Yes, and, please. And you, you guys can do this too if you're at home. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> when I used to um, do a five-week birth class, I would have everybody in the room do this, and it used to embarrass everybody to no end, and I would just get so much joy out of everyone's discomfort in doing this. Oh, I, I love can't it. even tell you. That's so great. So first, just sit in your chair or wherever, relax your hands and your feet, your whole body, just sit there and just scream at the top of your lungs, like high pitch loud. We're not going to we're, because oh, that's a terrible thing to do. We'll, but, we'll but, break the microphone. Well, yeah, okay, so we're not going to do it, okay. but you're going to scream like, ah, kind of scream, like, ah, right. <laughs> it's really hard to scream without screaming, like, not breaking your eardrums. Yeah. Okay. And you might notice that while you do that, like your butt clenches together super tight and your toes curl under and your shoulders go up and you squeeze your hands together and I like scrunch my eyes and my face and like my whole body's like super tight, right? And then this was my very favorite part. Everybody at the same time had to go, oh. <laughs> so you make your mouth like an O and go, oh. And you might notice that you like, kind of puff your belly out and your bum relaxes down and your whole body relaxes down. So if you're going mm. ah, super high pitch, your cervix is not softening down. It's like super high up, right? Mm. It's, been, it's like sucked up into your throat. Not really, but it's kind of the direction it's moving. And that is not the direction you want your baby to go. We don't want your baby to go up and out through your mouth. We want your baby to go down and out. Hmm. So nice and low brings your baby nice and low, right? Hmm. Not up. Things soften and move down with nice low sounds. Hmm. Move your sound the direction you want your baby to move. Move your energy in that same direction too. Oh, love it. Very yeah. practical example for us there. Yes. Mostly I just love the discomfort of, you know, people having to scream yeah. at the top of their lungs and then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be quite that. No. No, low, no. But no. a nice low sound. Yeah. Or maybe you even find a, a, a words or phrase that you're using. Mantras. Mantra. So kind of something that is resonates with you. I don't care what people say in birth um, as a mantra as long as they're not saying, I can't do this. Yeah. Like people during a contraction I've heard say, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then they just keep saying that over and over again. And I'll say, you can say whatever you want, but your brain actually heard what your mouth is saying. And not only can you do this, but you are doing this. You are doing mm -hmm. the hard work right now. So maybe so, I can do this. Yes. I can do this. Or um, at a birth recently, I was saying um, maybe because she was naturally going, oh, and I said, do you want to also just say, open because also changing um the shape of your mouth to not just go oh but having another thing to do open could also be helpful because it's another little change in a ritual that your brain again goes towards what do i do not ah what's happening this hurts um changing it up oh i like that all right um, and along the line of that mantra, so you can say some things, but you can also 
write some things down on a little piece of paper, like Ooh. some nice little mantras that you want to have around. So many cute ones right now. Oh, you can find them on Pinterest. Yes. Nice little birthy quotes or mantras. Yes. You could do fancy things like, you know, decorate them. I had a client who did some, like, adult coloring page type yeah. mantras. Gorgeous. So beautiful. Stunning. Or if you're pinched for time, you can write them on sticky notes. Oh, stick yeah. them on your bathroom mirrors, stick them on your kitchen cabinets, around. When you go into labor, bring them with you and stick them around. You're not going to notice what they say, but they will symbolize the, that you put intention into them. You will yeah. know, like, that That little sticky note there reminds me that I believe in myself and that I can do this. Yeah. Right. That's what that means. Um, so you can bring those with you. The other things that you might want to bring with you um, are other things that make you feel really powerful. Like, bring some music. Don't just bring, you know, mm. some twinkling star river bird chirping sounds. Like Not just on Spotify, the um, spa music no, channel. No, no, no. Bring some music that makes you feel powerful. Yeah. So, it, which might be some spa music. Uh-huh. Um, but it, let's not just have relying on that. Yeah. It's also, you know, upbeat, low beat. Do we call it low beat? I don't, I don't slower, know. Whatever. Slower. Slower music. Whatever. Yeah. Or you can just have Jen sing. Or the comedy. 90s music to you. Oh, yeah. I've got the power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find my power. There you go. There you go. I'm pretty sure this is like the third podcast with songs from the 90s. In Probably. It. Yeah. We're aging ourselves here uh, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. So we think you're kind of a badass. Yeah. And we know you're going to find that in labor. Yeah. So... So we want you to find power in the way that resonates with you. The thing that um, you don't have to try to put on somebody else's power. Oh, I love it. Power doesn't come in only one shape or form in labor. Exactly. You yeah. do you. Yes. Always do you and don't try to do somebody else because you weren't created to be somebody else. You were created to be you. Um, so find your power. power and your awesomeness in labor so let us know um, let us know uh, at on Facebook or pushing it podcast on Instagram or at Jen and Elise at pushing it podcast.com I have a request oh I love requests from our dear listeners um, we want other people to know about this resource oh yeah can you please share our podcast with um, folks who are either thinking about having a baby, who are growing a baby, or who are loving a baby um, at home. And we feel like there is good stuff for people, but they need to know at it. And so can you share this resource if you found it helpful? Yeah, let the world know about us. And if you like what you're hearing, please review us um, wherever you're listening to us too. Leave us a little review on iTunes. Um, just stars or a review or wherever you're listening great all right all right here's that extra music is it extra music is that outro outro <laughs> all right bye everybody bye. thanks for listening yeah should we end the show now probably okay great